You're listening to The Screw Podcast with Felicia Rose and A-Love. Before we continue on for our episode this week, we would like to read a list of the fallen victims from the Club Q shooting. Daniel Davis Aston. Kelly Loving. Ashley Paw. Derek Rump. Raymond Green Vance. Now we'd like to take a quick moment of silence for them. Thank you. All right, Aaron. Well, not to start our episode on a somber note, but that's what we have to do sometimes. Um, The reality of life as a queer person isn't all daisies, rainbows, and asterisks. So um, I know that this hit you hard because of various reasons, but if you'd like to start talking about your, your specific connection to this place, I would love for you to share it with the audience. So let me start off on a light note. Um, I was conceived in Colorado Springs, <laughs> where this club is. Um, my my dad had gotten his first um, posting in the army at the base there, um, and you know, so little Aaron came to um, be um, out there, um, which is fitting because Club Q is attached to a bathhouse, and it's actually the last bathhouse that I had been to in in recent <laughs> months. Um, and, you know, I've talked about, you know, bathhouses. We've talked to Patrick Morano on here before, and he does a lot of bathhouse reviews. And it's really was a very quaint and cute place. And it's a bathhouse attached to a nightclub. And Denver's, all of Denver's bathhouses uh, closed during COVID. So this is kind of the only game in town if you're looking for a, a nice place to, you know, have a, you know, kind of sexual encounter with a, you know, hot tub and, you know, steam room and all the nine yards. Um, and uh, a very unique place. It, it was one of the coolest bathhouses. And, and bathhouse culture is, is definitely dying in this country for many reasons that we can connect to a lot of other things having to do with shame and lack of sex positivism. But um, I met the owners out front with my partner and they're like, oh, you know, you can... You can get room, you know, food and drinks <laughs> delivered to your bathhouse room from next door at Club Q. Ironically, the weekend of the shooting, my partner and I had discussed because where we live, there's no bathhouses. Um, had said, okay, what's the closest bathhouse? And it was still um, Club Q, which you know is about five and a half, six hours from where we are. And we decided, for whatever reason, not to go. <laughs> Thankfully, <laughs> but. <clears throat> anyway, um, <clears throat> so you know, it, it gets eerie as like the stuff sinks in. I remember, you know, uh, the Pulse nightclub shooting, it was very affecting because you know, any of us that are queer and, and looking for a place to congregate that isn't like the online world is going to be one of these places, and we're still very much dealing with these levels of homophobia and and internalized and otherwise in, in, in culture, especially here in the U.S. And, you know, as much as we rah, 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 that we think 
we have again queer marriage and and all these things that you know we're kind of post these problems and then we have these little wake-ups that remind us that we're nothing um the first thing I thought about when I heard about it was you because you and I have frequented queer bars and nightclubs and establishments together so many times that to the point where you're one of the few people that I did this with on a regular basis. You know, we've been to nightclubs yeah. all over the East Coast together and queer ones at that. And we've fought, we've fought with people at queer clubs <laughs> trying to get you me. <laughs> oh, yeah. oh yeah, all the way up to New Orleans and back. <laughs> Remember, they, they said, you can stay at the bar and they let you smoke blunts, which was really cool. But like, you can't go into the dark room. <laughs> right, and then, and <laughs> I love you. Um, <laughs> That's the thing is like you know whether we were at a nightclub or just a, a you know the eagle or whatever we have been to right. so many places together and so like i instantly thought of you and also you're closer to that area of the country you know um it yeah. just it, i instantly thought of you and i instantly thought about one of the jackson heights clubs we had been to more recently like probably within the last five years mm -hmm. or so and i thought about just like the video in my phone of us having a beautiful time and yeah. me I, I remember I was like I am some cute girl and we were dancing and all this stuff and then I just I had this like moment of imagine if I'm like facing you and we're dancing and that happened like I just it blew my mind to think about it in that way it was just so like the Pulse nightclub shooting hit me in a different way because we actually you and I knew somebody that lost a partner during it right. and so that was like one of those ones where you know I felt you know it was so close to home but this one was so strange in the way that like I imagined us there and yeah. I don't know what that was about but either way like the fact that you almost I mean, were there like that just it, it kind of blows my mind and I, I mean there's no doubt that you know when you visited here eventually because we're still you know we're still new here and you haven't been yet but you're coming soon like this would have been in the general area we would have definitely definitely gone and while you wouldn't have been able to go to the bathhouse side we would have definitely you know brought you you know to that bar because you know it had you know the last time my partner and i were there like it filled up it was the weekend we had just dropped his mom off at the airport <laughs> like we were we were like really surprised because you know these these places are fickle you know and in colorado springs is extremely conservative as far as the base of people that are there um there's a video that you actually sent me of the the father of the shooter on twitter um saying stupid ass fucking shit fucking dumbass um, but like but you, but you see where it it stems from and it's off in exactly. the home and the guy the father literally said why was he at a queer nightclub oh good he's not gay he was just shooting people the fuck the first thing that crosses your mind is but wait was my kid gay not wait my kid killed people the fuck right i don't care how many people are like he looks like he's on drugs i don't give a fuck i don't right. give a fuck yeah. what the fuck you know like my brain well, just literally melted out of my fucking ears at that point 
And, and let's be clear, like drug and alcohol use does not change your your base value. No shit. No shit. If you're an asshole, like drunk and on drugs, you're an asshole. Fucking so. Yeah, because usually you you're know? more honest when you're <laughs> drunk on drugs too. You know, it's it's not the like usually you keep your mouth shut when you're sober. Comparative, you know. So. Anyways. Yeah. So I mean, like, there's a great tie-in here. I mean, not <laughs> that it's great. But the tie-in is very simply, you know, we we have a series that this is the first episode of talking about masculinities and toxic masculinity and, um, you know, kind of focused on it within queer culture, you know. So I don't know the inner workings of the shooter's fucking mind in this situation, but let's be clear, it is a stemming from homophobia, whether internalized or externalized. And homophobia is most definitely connected to masculinities and toxic masculinity. And, you know, and this, this, you don't have to be a man to propagate toxic masculinity. You can be anybody and still hold this very socially constructed idea of, of roles for men, quote unquote, and women, quote unquote. And and these things definitely bring us into the area of like when when somebody is feeling, you know, overwhelmed about how they can or cannot conform to roles set out for them by society, they this can become a very like challenging thing internally with shame and 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 many times the shame is taken and projected out on others. If if you're really good at playing pretend or filling the role or following the norm, you know, when you see that norm deviated from, it makes you angry, right? And this is the big problem with the continued propagation of this. And specifically in our culture, be very clear that butch fam, top bottom, all these things are stemming from masculinities and toxic masculinity, and they are unhealthy for us as a culture. And they are unhealthy for our society because shit like this happens. Yeah, and they all stem from nonsense, patriarchy, colonialism, fucking colonization. This is where they stem from. There are so many cultures out there that never had a fucking whiff of what gender was supposed to be according to, let's say, America's societal constructs, right? Or, or you know, a patriarchal society in general. And it's not until... The fucking assholes showed up and said, you know, women are going to look like this. Men are going to look like this. You have to fill these fucking roles. You can't deviate from these bubbles. And you're less of a X, Y, Z if you can't perform ABC, you know, and it's, it's, it's disgusting that I don't want to say disgusting. That's the wrong word for it. It's, it makes sense that a group of marginalized people that are, are fighting for acceptance. We're fighting tooth and fucking nail to just survive that, you know, our, our peers would look at whatever the norm of society is that they could fit in and act as such and continue, you know, continue that narrative. And I understand where that stems from, but it's our generation and below. We are, we have to break that shit. We have to break it and smash it to pieces. So it's not, uh you know are you mask for mask conversation it's humanity right. that we're looking at you know and and it's it's understandable but it's also time for it to fucking stop yeah so i think a good a good place to kind of like so you know this is the kind of what we think we know kind of like part of the series and this is going to be a little bit more difficult for this particular topic 
because there's a lot of stuff written about this, um, whether you're in the field of sociology or psychology. But let me give you my political idea about where this is from and why and what we're actually mimicking when we mimic these roles in, in, in queer culture, right? So, um, you know, there was a time, you know, in the U.S., and I'm going to stick for the U.S. because all these things, you know, the Western ideas of, of masculinity and femininity, uh, you have a lot of origin variances from like the East. And, and I don't, I, I want to just stick to with what I think we know growing up in this culture, right? So circle back and we have like pre-industrial, we're mostly a farming society, right? You know, my great grandparents um, who, you know, were coming of age at the turn of the century, 1900s, um, you know, they, they, you know, had a farm and they had some kids and everybody divided the labor. And maybe there was some light, you know, gender roles in terms of, yeah, of course, Ma is going to cook like breakfast, lunch and dinner, but she's also out milking the cows. She's also doing this and she's also doing that. Mm -hmm. Right. And Pa is doing X, Y and Z. And that's the division of labor. You know, people are wearing fucking overalls and things that make sense for the farm, not dresses and high heel shoes, right? So our culture is progressing. We're getting more, um, you know, and I think a lot of this, if, if we look back, a lot of the ideas to do general roles will come in around advertising and TV culture. And when you start seeing things presented that like, you know, show the woman cleaning the house with the vacuum, putting the dishes in the, the dishwasher or dish soap or, you know, all this stuff that's basically selling the idea that a woman is here to clean the house and raise the kids. And amazingly, this is what she looks like, all done up in her little dress. I, who's doing fucking housework in their dress and high heel shoes, right? Well, unless you're paying and me then, for it, <laughs> Exactly. And then, you know, you have, you know, these these things, the, the trucks are being sold to, to dad and the, the power tools and grilling in the back fucking yard and fixing shit and breaking shit. And let's not forget, the war machine starts advertising and we're putting machine guns and we're training your son how to be a man and you know all these things are kind of bringing in culture and there you go you have your construct and why do it like what is all this for to fucking sell you shit so brothers and sisters you're mimicking masculinities to fucking help propagate the idea of buying shit and stuff right like all of this is not a moral thing well, right. You know? And whatever the reason was at the time, at whatever time period you look at, the reasoning was always nonsense is the point. Whether right. it was consumerism, whether it was, uh, you know, to to keep women from rising up together and asking about getting a bank account, to keep women from the workplace right. because of X, Y, Z nonsense. You know, there's so many you know you can look at each time period throughout and and really figure out what the the reason for these specific right. gender roles were and it was always nonsense and it was always keeping the patriarchy in place it was right. always I mean, we have to worry about the women having power you know god forbid and so whatever right. system we use to keep that from happening whether it was women can't be in our plays. It has to be men dressed as women, which is interesting to say the least, if you look at right, gender roles, right. um, you Absolutely. know, uh, uh, whatever the reasoning was, 
it was always, or, or I should say, however it happened, the reasoning was always nonsense and it was always the patriarchy. Always. Right. I mean, then you had the, you know, the connection, I think this is really heavy in the 80s, 90s and stuff, um, the family values. And, and let's not forget that one of the Family Research Council, which is a very conservative, anti-queer, anti-women, anti-everything fucking think tank, is also um, in the Colorado Springs area. Mm. So, um, and they were very uh, quintessential and like this family's value thing to be anti-queer. And like, and this is again, my perplexion, or per- perplexion, <laughs> my, my confusion, you know, and I get it. It's a heavy social construct. It's fed at us again and again and again. But like when we're mimicking and encouraging these roles, this mask for mask stuff and and taking top and bottom as an identity rather than like a sex um, activity, you know, what we're saying is, you're right, Family Research Council, you're right, family values. Um, but we're, we're just kind of retrofitting it in a way that's not what they're talking about, but we're adopting it. You know, and and if we're going to have real solidarity in the community and really work towards like some level of health and and, and, and not just be living in victim culture within our community, we are going to have to get on board with the idea of these things being a social construct that is fucking toxic to our community. I agree. And just to say, I also want to say it's okay to be okay with a role or attracted to a role that does fit these stereotypes and that does fit the, you know, what the patriarchy wants, right? It's okay to say, I'm more submissive and I would like to stay home and and work around the house while my boo goes to work all day. It's okay to fill that role, but you have to still fight against it in the streets. I don't give a fuck what you do in your household, right? But you can't perpetuate this as this is the way it has to be. There has to be a line drawn of this is my preference versus this is me fighting against the fact that people are actually, you know, trying to uphold these specific roles for more than just preference. Right. This is, these are, are, and this is something that gets conflated a lot. And this is one of the areas, like, I definitely think we need to, you know, and I'll give a props out to to Master Joshua for being really good about talking about these things in terms of BDSM culture, mm. um, because there is not a lot of that going on in deconstructing and pulling apart the idea of submissive and dominant kind of personality preferences and attaching those to the idea of masculine and feminine, right. which are already constructs. Right. So if we're talking... You know, what are we saying, Samessa? We're saying you're more feminine? No, that's bullshit. It doesn't make sense. It's it's a it's a false narrative, you know, as, as is the the masculine. I here perfect example. I came across a profile the other day that said mask for mask. And within the subtext of it, it said plus plus if you're into lingerie, panties. And I'm like, hold on. <laughs> Okay, so we've got a new layer of fucked upness around how we're talking about masculinities with, with the queer men here. You're saying that uh, you're, you're so open-minded now that you're into the idea of like, you know, some clothing or dress up in sex that is typically, you know, female oriented, but you're only into it if that 
gentlemen can present very masculine. Oh, okay. So that confused me when you first said that. So you're right. saying that they are, or at least we think that they're asking for a masculine presenting partner that uh -huh. also will then put on panties. Right. But not act, act feminine. Right. So you don't want some fucking I'm here queen. to chop your tree in my panties. It's <laughs> <laughs> exactly. always these unrealistic exactly. like role plays too, which is always funny. For uh -huh. You're going to go clean the dishes in a bra and panty. Like I don't want grease on my bra, bitch. It's expensive. Exactly. <laughs> so understood. Okay. So so this, you know, this so is obviously for the record, you know. And just kind of like ridiculous. However, I'm going to put this is a good time to caveat here. Mm. Society socially has constructed and fucked us up in a lot of different ways around sex and sexuality. And we don't have a long enough lifetime to deconstruct and, 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 and kind of pull out all of these. And I do truly believe that. I say you work on some, but because I am a pleasure-centered motherfucker. I understand that there are concepts of these things that obviously you're into BDSM. It doesn't mean you support like spousal abuse, sure. right? So, you know, in this same vein, running a scene in your sex life is your business. Mm -hmm. Our psyche, our desires is our business. If you're with a consenting partner and these are like games you want to play in bed, this is not what I'm fucking talking right, about right. here. No, because there's no shame. It's okay right. if you have a consenting partner participating in whatever the fuck you want to do. Right. Like, I don't care. No judgment there at all. But if you do put mask for mask or butch looking for femme in any of your social dating profiles, you are propagating toxic masculinity. Explain. You want to work out that? Tell us why. Right. So it, whether you're female queer, male queer, like there is this this you're shaming other people by saying even indirectly you can say this is my preference fine work that out when you meet somebody but what you're saying at the get-go is you're not even interested in fucking talking to people that don't fit whatever your crazy idea of this is mm -hmm. right because mm -hmm. this is a spectrum as we learned on the train mass to me if you put mask for mask and then put this shit about the lingerie and you've created your own idea of what mask means and somebody else would tell you that's not mask sure, by my definition sure. okay as soon as he puts those fucking panties on <laughs> that's not what i consider mask anymore mm -hmm. i get what you're doing here but the reality is save your setup for what you want to do in the bed for a personal conversation because what you're putting out there is you're spreading out this concept this social construct that is not real, that is so spectrum ass for everybody's mind of what they think it means out there. And right. you're spreading fucking hate. Which is why I always was asked, I was often asked, why are you with, uh, you know, another femme when I've dated feminine women? And it was always so funny to me because I'm like, well, first of all, now you're assuming that I don't date feminine men or non-binary right. femmes. And, and, and you do. And I, I, <laughs> Absolutely. Um, and also, you're, there's a lot of assumption there. But also, again, you're, you're basing that confusion off of what I've explained to you that I like in the bedroom, which is that I like to be submissive. So what you're trying to say is that femininity and submission are tied together. 
hello, we've got a problem here. I can date a femme that likes to throw me down and make me her puppy or their puppy. You know what I mean? Like it has nothing to do, you know, or his puppy for that matter. Like it has nothing to do with what I like in the bedroom. Just because somebody Mm. is presenting in your opinion as feminine does not mean that that equates to anything going on in the bedroom. So again, the assumption of she is a submissive. So she must Mm. like only hyper-masculinized whomever that's ridiculous and 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 that's my experience with it is i don't have a grinder profile obviously and i did once what like 12 years ago (laughs) i sure did um but you know i i don't have that experience where you know i'm seeing mask for mask all over the place or you know any of that but in my in my situation it's a lot of the onlookers who are very confused that i could possibly be attracted to somebody feminine presenting because mm-hmm. i'm a submissive what the fuck none of that is tied together you know yeah so the more base version of that and we've talked about this before is the idea of like top bottom right meaning and i'm gonna say this it's a journey right as much as like we're angry we're angry because we're emotional because more bad shit has happened and it's connected to stuff that already is pissing us off right but like you can start anywhere but i will say this this is not where to start. So <laughs> in the beginning, <laughs> for this young, there was Adam and for, Steve. For, <laughs> for this for this aging faggot right here, the evolution of kind of some of these constructs definitely they were propagated within our culture, sure, to some degree, you know, with Tom of Finland stuff, even the idea of leather bars and stuff like that back in the day, or you know, the top was mask, and there was kind of an embracement of bottom fat as an idea right and somehow i've noticed that over the years we think that somehow saying that you want a mask bottom (laughs) is uh some sort of progression it's not it's a digression (laughs) and it also again doesn't make any sense and this is something and this is why this is important from your first newbie days, and these days it would be from your first sign-in to fucking one of these stupid motherfucking apps, you know, you are asked to pick a category and place yourself in it so other people can, like, gravitate towards the cap- category that they're, quote-unquote, looking for. And, you know, even back in the gay.com days, before all this grinder bullshit, before Manhunt evolved into kind of this grinder bullshit, people didn't have a place to put mass, femme, or any, they hadn't drawn out the identity pool yet for our selection. But people were asking and saying kind of veiled things like, not into the scene, right? And not into the what? The scene. I'm not into the scene. Well, I don't know what the fuck the scene is, but over the, you know, years of, of kind of being told what to see scene i'm like what you don't go to gay bars you don't yeah, like that's what i've mean, assumed right not <laughs> into, not into no. going out dancing <laughs> yeah no they're not into the just jack kind of reality of femme queer kind of i so what they're saying what they were saying back then is mask you know and that you know mask gay man looking for whatever, right? Not into the scene. It's like this like bro, bro thing, right? I'm oh, just a, a, confusing. Right, like, 
Right, exactly. <laughs> and, it, and, and it's always been confusing. And, and our evolution that we think is an evolution has been to be able to feel like we can directly say mask for mask, which at least back then we were polite enough to know that that, God, that sounds offensive. That sounds like something fucking straight people would do to us. Mm-hmm. Oh, cool. Now we're doing it to each other. Great job progressing community. Right. You know, and, and this is the thing, you know, and, and again, a caveat. I get it's a journey. These are these are things that are put on us from the sure, first time. Mom, sure. Pop, when you're fir- when you're mama. young and you you're unsure and you're just following what right. other people are doing. Listen, I've made plenty of mistakes with representation of oneself. Uh, plenty, you know. Yeah. And that's no sure. It is a quite a journey. It, sure. It is, and 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 I can't blame you. You know, you put in front of the boob tube or streaming these days or whatever, and you still see a lot of this encouragement of this kind of roles. That's why, you know, from our last series, it's important that we talk about representation not looking one particular way. Otherwise, we don't get beyond some of these issues, right? You know, so when I was like 16, you know, and and looking for a good time, (laughs) 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 you know, I... um. I, I I went to a bar um, underage that I could get into because back then you could kind of still get away with that shit. Oh yeah, even <laughs> my age too. I've... Right. So it, it was like not a not a fake ID situation. It was like we like pretty young things hanging around. Yeah, the bar yeah, yeah. Same. Of course, <laughs> you go in with the yeah boobs out and you're good or or you know whatever. Yeah. So I was there one night and. Um, you know, and I wasn't yet heavily indoctrinated into all these confusing um, identity prejudice level rules bullshit that we had in our culture. I was not yet fully hearing that, like, if I'm bottoming for somebody, I'm their bitch. You know, um, I had not yet been told that like all the tops are masked. And if you're not masked, we're going to assume you're not a top. Uh, none of these kind of stereotype like community pressures had sunk in yet and um this beautiful gentleman like hit me up at the bar and like he was like you know i want to take you home and i was like okay that's exactly what i came here for <laughs> so <laughs> i love your watered down so, version and i said Okay, exactly. that's what I can <laughs> I mean, I probably was like rubbing his crotch at the bar and shit, you know. Um, yeah, I've always been that precocious. Um, so we we get uh, back to their place, and this is in fucking downtown Springfield area, right? Okay. So like, I wasn't killing it. I had a shitty apartment over on Locust. Woo! And, uh, you know, this is kind of the deal. And so, you know, I get into this person's bedroom and it's actually like, you know, for a shitty fucking place, like on the outside, the inside, his room is done up beautifully. That's a color. And then, like, I noticed there's a, um, a mannequin, which, you know, is a little bizarre in my head, but it's got a beautiful fucking dress on it. In, you know, and it looks like some kind of seamstressing is going on here. And, or seamstering. Oh, I realize seamstress. Uh, please like don't, very, like, please don't tell me this goes into some weird Buffalo Bill shit. No, 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 I swear it doesn't. <laughs> okay, so, so I, I don't, I don't really say anything. We're sitting on the bed and we smoke a ball, you know, which like is making me tune into more of my surroundings. And um, he goes, I'm sure you have a question about what that is. <laughs> And I was kind of like, you know, my first thing is like, well, you like, you, you make, you know, you make clothing for people. 
and you know, just like in my innocence or whatever. Stress, yeah. <laughs> right. And and he goes, No, I'm a top uh drag performer at the queer bars here. That's awesome. And I said, Oh, cool. Yeah, totally cool. Then again, not yet indoctrinated into what that meant because oh yeah, I forgot a key part of the party. Uh the story. <laughs> Um, I'm there to get fucked by this person. Like, definitely want to get fucked. Like, definitely. I don't think you forgot that part so. of the story. I think we all understand <laughs> what was going on. Well, that, well, right. So, you know, it's only important in the sense of, again, the stereotyping, because he is the first one that tells me, does that bother you? Because when most men hear this, they're not into getting fucked by a drag performer. Ah, okay. Um, Because of the femme connotations. Mm -hmm. And I I was like, I was confused. I I mean, this is part of her culture. Some people are, I've seen Torch Song trilogy already. Get the fuck (laughs) out of here. Like, like some people are dragged, especially in our culture. This is one of the things can be done for a living, right? Right. And, and so I don't think about it. And like, you know, I'm like, no. And he's like, oh, you're so cool. Like, you don't have like hangups. It doesn't seem like. <laughs> you're like, cool. I'm, I'm too I, ignorant I or not even. I'm too like young and uh, have no clue. Right. I have I'm, kids, you fuck me already? Like, oh, what's going on? <laughs> so pure and innocent. So sweet. Yeah. <laughs> pure, innocent, pretty horny. Um, And let me say, fucking one of the best fucks of my life. Like, it was, you know, like, I mean, it was really nice, you know, and over the years, because a lot of quote-unquote tops did feed into a lot of this masculine bullshit, it wasn't nice. It was, like, having some straight, internally homophobic motherfucker just, like, brutalize you for 5 to 25 seconds and then roll off of you and fall asleep. Um, which, <laughs> which, for the record, happens in straight cis scenarios exactly. as well, of course, as we know. Right. But like, even even worse that that isn't <clears throat> broken when it comes to a <clears throat> queer relationship. Yeah, I mean, if you want applause for coming out, but then adopting all of mommy and daddy's roles in your relationship, mm. I ain't giving you like any fucking applause because I'm not sure what you come out from. Do you um, think that mommy and daddy issues play a huge role into these sorts of things? Because I, I sometimes I think it's like, okay, you are clearly just spewing what your your family thinks, and then sometimes I think like, yeah. wow, you truly hate your mom, for example, or your dad, for example. And because of that, you have some like weird internalized misogyny that you just can't yeah. get past. It, I, I think but some I, of it, it, it definitely has to do with yeah, that, yeah, which yeah, is yeah. something we can I do a deeper right. dive into, of course. Yeah, I think you're right. My, my guess is that it has some like, you know, there's an additional layer, right? When we're, when we're, killing it at life under capitalism. There is some sort of scorecard. And my guess is that this mommy and daddy thing kind of stems from our internalized kind of idea of how good that mommy and daddy are killing it at the social norm sure, roles of being mommy sure. and dad. Right. Right. And and that's been an evolution in our culture too. You know, we went from that kind of stone cold fifties and effectual father, mommy's little helper kind of reality to this kind of idea that yeah, yeah, mommy and daddy work, but you know, there's still these kind of roles and still these certain things that you need from them. You know, you should still have a mom in the home to give you nurturing, whatever. I, I hate to break this to you, but nurturing does not come naturally from mommies. 
<laughs> and it don't come naturally for daddies, right? It's something that you have to have experienced and learn in your life to be able to impart it onto other human beings, right? Mm-hmm. So I think, I think this kind of, um, you know, thing that happens with mommy and daddy issues is literally that, like, based on the idea of what advertising <laughs> and, and social pressure yeah. has told taught mommy and daddy, what do we think about how mommy mommy don't look like that commercial with the the blade plug? Well, and also we hear out. our parents <laughs> speak ill of one another sometimes, or have fights Absolutely. and have expectations for one another that don't right. fit these same molds, right? You know, I come home and I just want a dinner cooked for me or whatever. Whoever's yelling about whatever. It's almost like which parent you kind of sided with during that time. And then which one echoed the other shit. You know, it's an interesting layer. Like you said, it's all layers. There's layers to this shit. And, you know, society is the is the biggest layer society and capitalism is the biggest layer and then from there there's all these smaller layers that then trickle down into like when your daddy was yelling at your mommy and how you'd hear their bed squeak for 20 minutes afterwards because that's how your mommy (laughs) dealt with daddy right you know some weird shit when there's three thousand million gajillion that's not a word a number uh scenarios (laughs) but it all comes down to like under which layer were you when you have had this perceived m- misogynistic right. moment of your right. life you know? right well and, and and it is important because it is you know unfortunately our society has yet got to the point where we talk about in general terms what it means to be a good human you know we still have very much like subcategory because i'm thinking like oh you know I hear all the time still, he's a good man. Just get yourself a good man in queer culture and outside. Mm-hmm. So I'm sorry. What the fuck does good man mean? Right. Cause if man, the idea of it in our culture and all the values associated with it is a fucking construct, what the fuck are you talking about? Right. And you, you know man? exactly what's being spoken about and what's being perpetuated right. in that moment. It's simply that this person breaks they break the mold of what a man has been taught to be, which is to expect dinner, not clean the house, not be the caretaker, not give a shit, not have to be told 20 times to do the same fucking thing before they goddamn do it. All these things that there's so many goddamn TikTok women out there yelling about and all this shit. That's what they mean. It's that this man is breaking the mold. What the right. fuck? You're, first of all, get that shit out of your head. What about non-binary people? What about people that don't identify as either a man or a woman? You're completely just making these things that make no sense to even be spewing anymore into into important topics of conversation, and they shouldn't be. It's nonsense. Well, it's and it's also the rewriting of what it means to be masculine, right? right? Because we we certainly know that they mean responsible. And when you add the word man, that means job, like ability to provide. Um, we mean some level of chivalry. So I mean, so this update to the the mold, <laughs> the mold that they're the, that they're breaking is really the same mold, just like them actually being able to co- accomplish. It's it, a right? rewritten. It's rewritten. <laughs> and and what happens right. is you look at look at the job of being a cook, for example. Right. Mm-hmm. In the household, that's not the masculine job. That's the feminine right. job. But look at the way that we've changed as a society. Look at some of our top chefs 
are, you know, oh, yeah. if you're being paid for the job, it's masculine as fuck. I would love a man that could cook for uh, me. If it, yeah, if, oh, it's per- yeah. if it's professional. I came home and yeah. he cooked for me. No, but now it's grown out of just professional and it's in the house, it's okay. Right. right, right and it's right, like, right, right. And, yeah. and yes, agreed <laughs> that that's nonsense, but it's interesting to watch the trajectory of like, uh, when did that happen? Did Gordon Ramsay have a huge thing to do with that? Stupid that, little that. fucking pieces of, of, you know, pop culture change the trajectory of how we see masculinity and femininity over time. It's very interesting. Yeah. A- absolutely. And I mean, I think, you know, one of the things, and, and again, you know, the kind of broader spectrum of what's happening in society is something, but like when we like as a queer community get excited about, you know, the same things, like looking for a good man, I see that now in queer male profiles all the time. And like, and, 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 and this is happening throughout things. Looking for a good woman is, is you, is used as well. And what do we mean? She makes herself look good. But she doesn't no longer need me to take care of her. She is an independent woman. You know, like, we're making little tweaks. But again, it's not progress until you drop the woman and man part Mm -hmm. and start talking about what does it mean to be a good human being and not centering those things around energies that are fictitious. Absolutely. You know? (laughs) And, uh, you know, and I think, you know, there are a few good pieces of this for us to kind of deeper dive in because, you know, as we've talked, I obviously always become curious about, you know, some of these evolution evolutions. I mean, I definitely feel like, you know, I'm kind of, <laughs> this is my ego moment, right on with like some of the, like masculinity is really taking off during the age of advertising, right? Anybody who watched, um, what the fuck was that show about the advert Mad, Mad Men? Mm-hmm kind of saw that kind of personified on the screen like what is happening here how is advertising also influencing and influencing at the same time trying to keep up with this but also change this right right? it's a chicken or the egg chicken or the egg thing but you know advertising starts way back you know print advertising you're still seeing women you know kind of slightly bent over with their big roughly dressed (laughs) and their apron you know kind of like taking care of house right I get psychologically why we feel good when we find these traits in our partners and in our relationships and we meet somebody and we're like, oh, this ticks all the boxes. The problem is, is, you know, masculinities is kind of a virus of sorts. And I think once you fully, and again, outside of role play, outside of scene setting, outside of you know, your desire schema, this social aspect of it within interpersonal relationships is super problematic. I will even call out here (laughs) the idea of queer boy and fag hag culture, Mm. you know, this, or, or the more modern event of, of lesbian and like, you know, soccer or sports bro friend, you know, like that we, we are mimicking soccer. Yes, yeah, so, so I have soccer on the mind. I was watching that FIFA thing on, on Netflix, and, um, you know, and and this this kind of whole relationship as a friendship dynamic being really problematic. I mean, for many years, going out with female friends, hetero leaning, 
<laughs> female for I don't know how else to say. It. I was like, I don't know any actual strict, strictly heterosexual people, and I haven't for a really fucking long time. Hetero presenting is probably the word. Right, <laughs> hetero presenting. Thank you. Um, you know who kind of like would not pull out their wallet during like the check time at the dinner table who would kind of really? like wait ha- i haven't done that have the- <laughs> no 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 no, no. Uh, um, these these people are not in my life anymore for fucking cheers to that <laughs> my evolution if you can't evolve with me i'm sorry i gotta fucking leave you That's, behind that point. just seems so ridiculous to me that seems <laughs> but, but because they're the first people right that would just be like Aaron's my like gay friend. I'm his half. Right. <laughs> exactly. And it's just like, okay, exactly. so then you know he's your gay friend. Right. So like right. he's not taking you and, home tonight. So what the fuck are right. you doing? <laughs> and 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 I don't mean this in any realm to to put this like um entire blame if you will on the straight bestie um these are the same social pressures at work that are at work with all the like romantic relationships but like on one level it's both people indulging in this sure, right sure. like me as a queer man must be getting something out of i uh, must be checking some masculinities checkbox sure. because <laughs> i held i held the door for and Let's be real. A lot of times, very pretty fucking done up girls are these gay boys' friends. And like, you know, it's like, uh, you know, I, I got to fulfill that. So, and, you know, they're, they're kind of playing off that mommy and daddy thing, like sans sex over in that corner. And that way they can fucking just spread their legs for the fucking like football team on the <laughs> on the queer boy side and for the record aaron is not just a gay man aaron identifies as queer i didn't want anybody to be confused by that because i did present it but i'm i'm thinking hags like people that only see you oh, yeah, yeah, they yeah. don't recognize totally. you as queer they recognize you as a gay man that they're the ha- <laughs> the haggett of which is <laughs> right <laughs> Like I always said, you were my hag. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, um, and that's that's anybody who hangs around you. <laughs> Everybody's my fag hag. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Right, because um, fuck gender. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly, and that and that's the thing. You know, it was it's funny because you know we all in our little fam here, like you know, uh, often like switch around play pronoun games or actually we don't play pronoun games that's why we use whatever the fucking pronoun comes to mind um depending on (laughs) what we're talking about um and i kind of was like you know doing that the other day with somebody i hadn't you know not known for very well and they're very confused wait is that a girl and i was like oh fuck who cares what like that's that's not the Wait, oh, you're heavily focusing on the pronouns. Like, I <laughs> you and I were non-binary before that was a term. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I only I only mean it in the sense it's like, you know, it, and, and this isn't to shame, shame that person at all. No, it's, no, it's, of course. It, it reminds me again about like the gender construct focus, even though if you're talking about something that has nothing to do with gender, 
you know, the focusing in rather the sub the subject wasn't as important to you as the pronoun that I used to describe this. I think that's people's <clears throat> fear of misgendering, and that makes sense. I I would never no, know, no, judge it, but sure. I, I do understand how there is a lot. So there's like that other opposite side of of these things where it's so people are so nervous to make any type of mistake when it comes to even just thinking of these sure. things that they they sure. you know they can't you know their brain doesn't it's like does not compute what are you saying you know like yeah. they immediately need right. definitions and and people to which again puts people in fucking boxes again you know and that's how yeah well so and i and, and i think that's that that's the point exactly like we are very and i mean aside from like you know trans identity like conversation the general obsession we do have with gender as a society is becomes evident and and we do a lot of policing around gender even on that side of it right we have a lot of policing going a lot of other people telling other people what gender is and what gender is nothing it's a social construct right. let me let me say it again out loud for those in the fucking back gender is a social construct it is nothing that's why when we police people over their definition of it or or a police over it, it is an issue because if it already is fictitious, it is whatever the fuck you want it to right. be. Go have fun, kids. But if we're to get there, we really do have to believe and understand that it's not real. Right. And, you know, I, I, uh, I always get nervous that I say something wrong, as with the example I just gave of people saying something wrong. I, uh, it's not to say that we shouldn't respect gender once it's provided if somebody says this sure. is somebody if this is their pronoun that's their fucking pronouns do not get it twisted Amen. but when Amen. somebody has said i'm cool and there's no necessary pronouns here then also be cool right. with it chill it's okay yeah. take a deep breath absolutely go with it you know absolutely. <laughs> so it's it both sides uh, well, need to be respected right the people not I, yeah, giving a fuck like i remember when we interviewed Haley recently they were like uh the students don't care what fucking pronoun right. you use because gender is just like <laughs> societal construct right so it's like that needs to also be respected and recognized so both yeah. sides of that people need to just like understand their space for both absolutely absolutely and and again my commentary is really just like you know to get to the roots of what I feel I think would be a nice evolution for mankind. Even that, let's not mankind. Humankind. <laughs> I did that on purpose. Exactly. <laughs> you know, there is a, um, there's a great, almost infamous Star Trek Next Generation um, episode for all you nerds out there, um, where they come across a, um, uh, a alien species or whatever the terminology is that doesn't have is genderless. Yeah. Right? Wasn't that like but one of the first they, like yeah, non-binary yeah, yeah. characters or something like that? That's so cool. Yeah. I think it's um, you know, it's also there's a story by Ursula K. Oh my god, I'm gonna forget her last name. Sorry, nerds, you can crucify me for that one. Um, but <laughs> she also wrote a lot of sci-fi like dealing with this idea of genderless or what what would that mean if we if we take out the construct. What would it mean for our relationships? Not our desire. Again, desire 
that's going to be whatever the context of the time that you grew up in. I'm sorry, I hate to break it to you. Kinsey like showed that example a long time ago. Our our desires, our fetishes, the things that we're into, you know, they're either a response to or a direct like connection to how we are kind of socially like pressured and socially constructed within our own dynamic. But I do think the more we can say these things, what is our goal? Our goal is to let go of shame and increase our life pleasure, right? If, if, if there's not a base thing that we can work on as, as, as a community, um, and I, I start, start with fam and work my way out, you know, we have a great opportunity to really like practice this idea of what would it mean to really start believing that that gender is not real in this sense and that that the things that connect us to how we interact and how we socialize with one another and how we sexualize or romanticize one one another how would that evolve and change if we were really really able to believe that that's beautiful so (laughs) next week and the week after we are going to do a deeper dive into this conversation we're going to really we're going to pull out some studies, get our hands dirty, do a little research, and we're going to give y'all a, you know, a more, I guess, cohesive yeah. examination of this topic as a whole, not just our opinions. Because what we just discussed, again, was the opinions of the screw and the screw alone. <laughs> However, you know who we should talk about? Yes. You know who we should talk about? Um, because, you know, we are a sex podcast. So, there's some interesting stuff that both Felicia and I together learned about when we were in school um, um, about like some of the stuff in terms of sex. Like I'm thinking Pat Khalifa, mm. right? Was that her last yes. name? You know, she was a Fister. lesbian dominatrix, Fister. She was a lesbian dominatrix that specialized in fisting gay identifying men. Yes. Um, so like, I, I would, I think, you know, when we get into picking that, you know, I know we're doing deeper, we're going to debunk and all, um, which I love doing because it actually does hold our, you know, feet to the flames a little bit, but it'd be interesting to do like something like that. And, you know, kind of, you know, and that's why we do this. There are, we could talk forever about this mm-hmm. is like really the reality. So, you know, this is what I really do think most of what Felicia and I know and we talk about in terms of masculinities, um, but jack of all trades, master of none is literally us. So Masturbator <laughs> of none. Masturbator of none. So yeah, I'm excited. And then um, we're, we're going to have a roundtable discussion yeah. with, I think, most of the NQL fam. Yeah, New Queer Order fam. Going to come up in here. Woo-hoo! We're going to have... And we're- a ton of people on which is going to be a beautiful thing so we'll get a lot of people's perspectives personally and then you know their knowledge outside of per- their personal experience which is a beautiful thing to come together in a beautiful nqo circle jerk together Ooh, oh, i'll shit. be the cracker in the middle <laughs> Um, so thanks for crack ass cracker. Oh, that kind of cracker. Oh, 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 sorry. (laughs) Edible one. (laughs) Uh, Thank you all for tuning in to this week of the screw. 
reach out to your friends, hug them tight, make sure your queer friends oh, yeah. are happy and healthy and okay. Uh, they're struggling this oh, yeah. week, so please show some love. And be sure to like and subscribe. Follow us on Instagram at the Screw NYC. Subscribe to us anywhere where you listen to podcasts. Here is fine. Give us five stars if you can. Download all of our episodes. And be sure to tune in next week with another conversation about masculinities. Thanks, everybody. Woohoo! Bye. <laughs> uh-huh.